Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and we have an emergency podcast here today because I had to bring Craig Needles on to talk about one of the greatest individual performances in the history of anything. Yep. Am I talking about Deshaun Watson last night in the BCS National Championship game? Hell no. I'm talking about Corinne in episode two of The Bachelor yesterday. You know, we talk about the Michael Jordan flu game. Yes. And and we talk about LeBron James in the last three games, the NBA Finals Preach. this past season. Uh, you know, there there are all sorts of, you know, the, the greatest individual. Terrell Davis in Super Bowl 32. Carlos Delgado, four home runs in one game. Yeah, of course, of course. There, there, there are all sorts of different greatest individual performances that you can you can put up there, but... Corinne in, in episode two of The Bachelor. I just I just don't know how someone can top that. Let's just let's just review the tape here. We're talking about multiple interruptions of people with their one-on-one time with The Bachelor, which by itself is not such a big deal. She gets outraged when someone re-interrupts her. And oh, by the way, she got topless in a pool. And suggested The Bachelor hold her breasts in some sort of Janet Jackson-style photo shoot. We're just scratching the surface here. It was it was something that it – was, it was a sight to behold. And that wasn't even the best part to me. The best part to me was just the shots of her while the other girls were getting time with, with Nick Vial. And she was just sitting there holding her glass of champagne. Just seething. Like, like you could feel the dark side growing in her. And it was like to the play, uh, to the point where I texted you – and I was just like, you could you could see Emperor Palpatine behind her, just going, you know, do it, right? You know, like feel the hatred yeah. flowing through you. you. Yeah, I could feel your anger. So, oh god, it was it was it was tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Yeah, and I could just imagine Nick with the rose. You want this, don't you? Oh, yeah, you want <laughs> this, don't you? Oh, she so did. Uh, speaking of roses, yeah. she gets the group date rose, yeah. which my wife was flabbergasted. Oh, by. I loved it because I, but... I had Corinne in the in the old Bachelor fantasy league, so I was just up going. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Plus, I want her to stick around, you know, like like yeah. we don't want to get Corinne gone in the first week. It's insane. Oh God, no, no! I want Corinne to I want Corinne to win for God's sake. Nick and Corinne deserve each other. <laughs> so my wife is flabbergasted by this. My friend Jess is texting me with like nothing but all capitals text message, like what what is Nick doing? And yeah. just yeah. Just, I think that the moment that people realize that deep down in places he doesn't talk about at parties, yeah. Nick wants to get laid. He needs to get laid. <laughs> oh, God. And he thought, he's like, you know what? Corinne looks like she might be good. In, uh, that, that This has has to have crossed his thought. Is yeah. his thought so uh, that's, that's probably what happened. And, you know, Corinne obviously is someone who – May not have a lot of the worldly experience some other people do. Uh, she clearly is a little bit self-centered. She has a nanny for fuck's sake. Yeah, a like, nanny who a is – she's 24 years old. She has – again, like why would you call it's it not, a nanny? She doesn't too, employ right? a nanny to look after her children. I want to be very clear. She has children? She does not employ – no, she doesn't have children at all. Oh, it's word. not a matter of she employs a nanny to look after her children. It is a matter of there is a nanny to look after her, <laughs> and she is 24 years old. And brought her like a weird bowl of cucumbers in the first episode, which it's just, it's like Eddie Murphy be, would always say, you know, you want to be, you want to be like real wary of those quiet, you know, salad eating bitches, right? <laughs> like, it was just, oh God, she's so crazy. I mean, I, I, I absolutely love it. And I love the fact that after she won, cause she basically won twice, right? Cause she won the, the, the date with the, or she basically won the weird bridal gown photo shoot thing that was going on. And then won the uh, throws later, and got got to go on a victory lap. I forget who she was sitting around talking to the the next day, but they were sitting around in their like Kate Hudson workout clothes, and and she was just she had another wine going at what I assume was nine in the morning, and was just oh was, was in full victory lap mode, was just taking it around the track, making sure everybody knew she had it, and oh god, it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. 
Incredible. Ugh. Incredible. What do you... Uh, it's, 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 it's going to go down as, as one of the great Bachelor heel performances of all time. And we're two episodes in, but I know it's going to go down as one of the great Bachelor heel performances of all time. Yeah. And there have been several, but this, this is going to this is going to be Hall of Fame. Hall this, of Fame. Yeah, because this is this is a new thing for me, right? Because you, you're, you're more seasoned on The Bachelor than I am. I started last year with Ben, and Ben didn't really have a villain, right? They had Olivia. Who, Olivia was the villain. She, but her, she was the, the villain role was forced upon her. She didn't embrace it because, like, if you really look at the tape, like we review the tape on Corinne. If you review the Olivia tape, what was the Olivia tape? She won the first impression rose, and then everybody got pissed at her because she won the first impression rose, and then she just said that one awkward thing about uh, the woman with the with the three kids or whatever. Who, by the way, I'm not on her side because she went to paradise and then did nothing except talk about like her kids and she's like oh i miss my kids right. well then why are you going to paradise like go home what are you doing Worse. so yeah like... uh what about chad in the bachelorette this past season like, that was that no. was a pretty good villain performance no that was a steroid infused villain performance yeah. but still i don't even think i like villain isn't even the word i would just i would use to describe because like you, you you said heel like corinne is, is a heel in 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 the wrestling style term but I mean, Chad is is just. I think he's just a bad person, you know. <laughs> like, like, man, I like that guy. I after what I saw from him, I think he needs help. Like, he needs some like therapy, even though I don't necessarily believe in mm. therapy. But you're right. So far, Chad has been the best like heel of, of my experience. But I, I, Corinne, you never forget your first, right? So then Corinne is. I feel like she's gonna be my my first real bachelor bachelorette villain yeah. because we know there was also. The, sorry, go ahead. Like, you know, we can also talk about, uh, you know, Michelle Money and, and people like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Courtney, there's a there's a few other of the of the, the famous names. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. This uh, this this would be your first experience with the, with, with the true heel. But please continue. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, because we know from the, you know, this season on The Bachelor that at some point, like like there was the famous line that that swept the Internet meme wise, which was when she said her her heart is gold, but her vagine, Craig, her vagine is platinum and we know that at what some a beautiful point, thing to say oh i know poetry just poetry just yeah velvet oh and yeah peanut butter velvet and peanut butter yeah. um and, and we know at some point she's gonna try to sleep with nick vial now time will tell as to whether or not that's her finishing move or if it's her her aaron Rodgers style hail hail mary play and uh we'll, we'll get to aaron Rodgers later because we're gonna bring bill on and we'll we'll, we'll talk uh stuff but we're still talking bachelor um what else well there's there's a lot to mention uh, honestly um my fate like the person who i think might have the best chance to win and i'm a big fan of vanessa yes and yes. we barely saw her in this episode i'm a big fan of rachel Got we barely saw her in this episode Agreed. but honestly not being shown this early on and flying under the radar is usually a good thing yeah, oh yes. Usually you don't. If you if you want to be the one who winds up with the bachelor or the bachelorette, you don't want to be in episode two or three very much. That, that that's for him be, to weed out the non-contenders. Yeah, that tends to be just a reality show, a, a, a constant across a lot of the reality shows where there's a prize at the end. Is yeah. especially in Survivor, right? Like Survivor. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm claiming to be a Survivor veteran. I've only really watched one or two wire to wire but the, t- the people that tend to win in survivor you don't really learn their name until like the third or fourth episode and they kind of fly under the radar and then in and gain steam yep. as the show goes on right and yeah because if, if, if people know who you are if everyone else in the tribe knows who you are early on it's easy for you to get voted off and yep. bachelor if you're causing scenes and getting drunk and going in the pool and taking your top off all the time if the bachelor knows you to be a train wreck this early on is just—it's just obviously there's a, a time limit there. But. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about Liz as well because I have a question for you about Liz. Throw it out there. Was Liz completely and totally a producer plant, or do you think she actually went on the show thinking to herself, "I'm going to try and find love with Nick," or? Was she just a producer plant to create drama on the show? Is hey, let's throw someone on there who we know has slept with her because. Uh, we know he slept with Nick because she slept with him at what was essentially a uh, a bachelor slash bachelorette type event field trip because it was Jaden Tanner's wedding. Well, if we if we break it down, like here here are the arguments for not producer plant. The, the, well, the, actually, really, there's only one. He got rid right. of her in the second episode, so that's yeah. that's the argument against the producer plant. 
Right. The argument for the producer plant, I think, is that I believe I read that she was a late addition to the show. And as we as we know from reading the rumors that Nick was not originally supposed to be The Bachelor for, for this round. It was supposed to be Luke. And, and thank God that the, the decision was made to, to pull Luke and his... Oh, boy. yeah. This is way better. Oh, absolutely. Just his... his he just... Man, he was boring. Um, so it, Liz, I believe, was one of the late additions. But the fact that she went, because like again, in the in the this season on, it felt like we were gonna have a lot more time with Liz, didn't we? Just it did really feel like yeah, it did really feel like that. In all season arc, and then you know, when, with like three episodes left, she would be like, "This is too much. I've got to go." And then. So I, I feel like I'm leaning towards producer plant, but uh, I, 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 yeah. I just I just think that they got what they want out of her, which is yeah. she, the, the fact that she and Nick had had sex before creates a bunch of drama, and mm-hmm. that's uh, you know that that's what the producers wanted from her, and they got it eventually. Yeah, I, it, it 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 worked out for the benefit, and we got because we didn't get a rose ceremony this week, but we got the whole like. I'm sending you home, and and which I think was actually a good good move by Nick. Nick, by the way, is putting in some some. He's making some tremendous decisions, other than the the giving the uh, the rose to Corinne. Which, by the way, is if you're talking about producer moves, producers are obviously going just give 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 Corinne the rose. It'll spark so much I, nonsense. And, right? and no one's ever confirmed this. And we've seen so many interviews with people that have been on the show, and they sign NDAs and all that stuff. But yeah. I really do believe that in the first like three weeks of producers have like two roses per episode they can give out themselves. Oh, absolutely. Because like in Ben, like remember Ben season, they kept that crazy dentist woman who was clearly unstable around for like an extra three, like two or three weeks, just in case that, you know, anything could go wrong. And, and they were just hoping to catch something. And, and same thing, I think with this, uh, shark suit broad who they're yeah. just putting in all sorts of weird scenarios. Although she doesn't seem like that bad of a, of a, no, actually, she Person? seems like legit on yeah. a, on the second on the second uh, second go round here, but still. Yeah. Uh, now that being said, people say, "Well, that's how Corinne sticks around so long." But no, Corinne's getting roses off group dates, so that's not the producers. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. What did you think of these group dates? Like, let's start first off. Let's start with the bridal gown photo shoot. And, Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. You know who won some points for me though was uh, the girl Sarah. I thought she she because uh, she was the girl who in the first episode ran up to him. And her big move was, by the way, that first episode had, like, there hadn't been, I was going to, you know, make this joke and when we were going to talk about episode one, but the first episode had, like, so many bad puns. Like, I felt like I was watching Batman and Robin again. It was so weird. And she was the one who ran up to him and then made the runner-up joke. And I was just like, okay, so now you're sweating profusely as you're meeting this man for the first time for this bad pun. And my first instinct was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, absolutely god that photographer was like what did you make of the photographer because uh i don't know weird but seemed like a regular photographer yeah like he had this weird like now i'm no fashion aficionado myself but he had this weird look where he was like a cross between tom Selleck and magnum pi and like the situation from the jersey shore it was just weird It, it it just and there were some of the shots where he was standing in the background with a camera. And he just looked like the weirdest pervert of all time. Just taking photos of these people. But that I don't even think was the weirdest group date. Because what the hell is a bad relationship museum, Craig? I couldn't even begin to tell you that. And I'm sure it's something that was all probably made up for The Bachelor. But they had, like, that's true. Because, you know, we really only saw, like, half a room, right? Like, there was half a room with some stuff in it that wasn't like it, it wasn't necessarily like a giant like it wasn't like when we went to the rock and roll hall of fame and it was just fucking stuff everywhere and on the walls and it, it was it looked like a tgi fridays it, it was like they had a few cases of stuff and there was one room and then we went out back to like what looked like a patio and they performed this we, these weird like breakup scenes or whatever the hell it was and uh, one of the all-time disappointments, I think, for you and me was the 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 slap that was edited in the in the in the thing turned out to be. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, there's no way they could fake that. Like they they're they're good fake they're good at editing fakers, but uh, yeah, they well, clearly they have, did do it. Yeah, they have the well, they've got the best editors in in 
I think anything going right now, obviously. Like whoever, oh, yeah, good. In, yeah, who's ever in charge of cutting the this season on promo, are are fantastic. Um. Oh, okay. What else do we have? Um. What else do we have to break down? Yeah, we talked about how the slap was disappointing. Jeez. The one girl revealed that she dated another girl to Nick. That'll probably score some sticking around points for a couple of weeks. That would be my guess. Oh, yeah. That's how Nick rolls. What was... Here's another question I wanted to ask you from the first episode. What was least sexy to you as as a man? What would be least sexy to you? A woman making a wiener pun or a woman making a balls pun? Um, your, your stunned silence lets me know. I, I, that was I don't, question, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I hadn't really thought of it. Fucking ridiculous. Oh my god. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in, in episode two? Or well, I just want to say that I'm very excited for this season. Yeah. This season's going to be filled with drama, and it's not because I, I, I love and respect everything that's going on here. It's just simply a matter of it's, it, it's going to be a fun season with a lot of crazy crap that happens. And uh, I'm I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. So two questions before we get out of here. Who's your final four? Oh, okay, so Rachel's in there for sure. Yes, mine too. Um, Rachel the lawyer, I believe she was, or the attorney. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's super impressive. Mm-hmm. But she's one of those people that you, you that she goes on the show and you're like, oh, you're too good for this. Yes. Like you're 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 obviously a uh, a very smart, intelligent person, and you're. you're uh, you're a lawyer, and I'm sure you probably do very well at that job. Why? Why are you here? Would you hire uh, Rachel as your attorney? Like, if you needed to, like, if if you were in an accident I, I, and you needed to make a move, or are you getting the girl that was on the Nick Vial season of The Bachelor day? I, I let, let me watch the rest of the season and tell you the answer to that question. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Vanessa, I think is my is my favorite. I've got Rachel in my final. There's no way Corinne gets there. Something derails her between now and then. No, because like Danielle I said, M had a nice date the other day. Yes, I have Danielle M in my final four. Neonatal nurse, yeah, yes. legit. Yeah, and brought him the syrup in the first episode, and she kind of looks like uh, this is this is. Uh, and she revealed she had the 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 uh, the fiance who died, which always scores you points, right? Like the the fiance who who I believe she said he overdosed or something like that. Yes, she did say that. Yeah. Tragic, tragic. And she kind of looks like, you You won't get this reference, but uh, all the, the comic book listening people, she looks like uh, Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity on the Arrow show. Look, oh. look her up. They've, yeah, they've got a whole uh, very very similar look, very si- similar look. Uh, so, yeah, so you've got Rachel and Danielle M in your final four. Yeah, and I th- I've got Vanessa there for sure. Yep, we're, we're, we're on the... Uh, same page here because I also have Vanessa, the special education teacher from Montreal. Montreal, yes. Yeah, Montreal, nice, good, good, good Canadian girl, and, uh, and speaking a bunch of languages. Yeah, and then I don't know. Um, those are my top three. Yeah, they, those are also my top three. My top four. Here's my fourth one. I got the same three as you, and here's my fourth one. And I'm basing this purely on the one Ben season I have because remember Ben brought Kayla, who's a sweetheart. I, yeah, I like and, Kayla. And a beautiful woman. He Remember he brought Kayla along to the final three, and Ben had no intention of making Kayla the the bachelorette and just brought brought her along so he could get her in the fantasy suite, and it was it was such an obvious play. And um, my, my pick for that, if Nick Vial makes that move, is uh, Danielle L., who was the... Uh, the, the small business owner. I think she owned like a bunch of nail salons. She was the first one who stepped out of the limo and had like the really low cut dress. And when Nick saw her, the, like the only way I could describe it is he went feral for like a good three seconds there where he just, his brain didn't work. And all, all he could think of was just, ah, right. Like it was just, and we've all had that. like every red blooded male has had that woman who, who, you know, they, they, in, in some cases were lucky enough to marry that woman. But, yeah, Nick went feral, and, and Danielle L is is my pick for she might go a little further than than some might expect. So I, I kind of have her in my final four as a potential. Nick's just gonna bring her to the fantasy suite. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, it's possible. I don't I don't know. It's uh, there, there's nothing I put past Nick because honestly, like yeah. I know there's probably gonna be someone who at least one or two who leave because of this revelation. I don't think Rachel's gonna be among them. I don't think Vanessa's gonna be among them. But 
we might lose some people earlier than expected. That's, that's a good this, question. Yeah, that's a good. It's because of this whole up. Liz thing. So there you go. Do you actually think that like we're going to see some walk-offs next week at the beginning of episode three? Yeah, I think we might see like no one who's like a main person. Like no, no one knows the storyline yet, but I think we might see a couple. Yeah, but like you know, Josephine, who's that weird wiener girl who slapped him, might just to, you know, might just take a walk. Uh, what um. I just want to say a shout out to my my uh, my wife's favorite girl so far is Raven, the one the fashion boutique owner with the with the super. My wife likes accent. Raven too. Yeah, I'm actually not surprised by that. Our wives have similar tastes. Um, yeah. Now, the most important question I will ask you about the Bachelor this season, and I like to do this early because I like to get the scout, and we'll, we'll nail it down later. But you and I know. That this is all the Bachelor and the Bachelorette are just a feeder system for the. It's the, it's spring training for Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It, it it is preseason. It is getting ready. Pitchers and catchers are reporting for uh, for for Bachelor in Paradise. Who do you think? And let's uh, take Corinne off the table because Corinne's already got her ticket booked. She's, Corinne is the most obvious Bachelor yes. in Paradise person in the history of Bachelor she in Paradise. She is heading to Mexico. Just like she, she should already be there. I don't even know yeah. why. Like her and JJ should already be making out. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. They should be or there. Chad. Yeah. Oh, did they send Chad back to? No, no, they probably can't have Chad on there anymore. I don't know, but maybe. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Alexis Dolphin. Yes, yes. Dolphin Girl is definitely... What is her official title? Like, Aspiring Dolphin Trainer or something like that? Yeah, Aspiring Uh, Dolphin Trainer is exactly... she's unemployed, is what you're saying, and mooching off her rich family. Thank you. And she keeps saying Sea Caucus. Does that not irritate the crap out of you? I've never heard it, because I've never heard it be calling Sea Caucus before. No, never once. Alexis, the Aspiring Dolphin Trainer, is the first person I've ever heard it called Sea Caucus, New Jersey. And she said it twice now, so it wasn't yeah, like... Yeah, she said it in episode two. It wasn't an accident. Yeah, so exactly. So it wasn't but an accident. honestly, maybe it's just a weird thing that, like, you know, it's uh, it's a weird people Local who are thing. from there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in charge. Yeah. But, yes, she keeps saying Sea Caucus, which is strange. Uh, Paradise. Um, Alexis, don't absolutely. don't you think we see a Liz on Paradise at some point? Possibly. With her weird back tattoo going around. Yeah. And like, don't don't we see, like, oh, we don't know that girl who slept with Nick at Jaden Tanner's wedding is here. Like, that could be a Paradise. Yeah, yeah. Line. Like, there I could is. see her, like, coming in halfway through, and there's, like, some guy who's, like, so-so about his relationship, and then the girl gets stressed out about the fact that Liz is there because she doesn't trust Liz. Like, that that is definitely a thing that might happen. Did you know what a doula was before you met Liz? Yes. You did? Yes. Because I didn't have the slightest clue, and I was floored when I learned that was a was a actual job and title that people hold. And yeah, that's something it, people do. It just seems so uh, strange and unnecessary to me. Here's the other one I'll say is Jasmine G, who is apparently a dancer for the Golden State Warriors. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. I yes, feel absolutely. like she's got some paradise potential. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, there. I think in the in the this season, uh, this season on, uh, is uh, there. There's a little bit of her trying to do do some Corinne esque moves later with. Uh, Using her sexuality to to lure Nick in, it, it would seem. Uh, dark horse candidate for uh, for paradise for me is uh, Kristen with a K, who uh, kind of looks like Anna Kendrick and has that Russian accent, even though she's from Kentucky. For me, I I, uh, I believe she's like a dental hygienist or something like that. Uh, yeah, she's got a real like Anna Kendrick thing going on. I think a lot of the uh, the, the the men from next season will be like, yeah, send her to paradise. So. Uh, so, so that's it for me. Um, anything else you want to mention about uh, the Bachelor? I think we covered that episode pretty well. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a very, very strong second episode. Yes, one, one just, of the, one but of it was carried. Like if, if that second episode was like that second episode was the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers and Corinne was LeBron. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where you know what? Scored the like the final. Yeah, the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers got to the NBA Finals, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and she she basically had that what was it, Game Six or whatever against the Pistons, where LeBron had to score the final like 22 or some nonsense. Uh, that know? was Game Five when yeah. it, would, it the game went to overtime, and yeah, I think LeBron scored like the last like 27 points or just, something. Yeah, that was that was Corinne last night. One just one of the all time yeah. individual. Performance. Could you imagine being an NBA game and thinking, okay, only one guy on their team is shooting? Yeah. Last like seven or uh, ten minutes of the game in real time uh, and, and basketball time, and you lose. Yeah. And Anyways, that's, that's crazy. That's, and it's not be... like that 07 Pistons team, you know, the, like 
they, they were still the team, like the, the 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 main nucleus of a team that was considered one of the greatest defensive squads of all time. Yeah. They won a championship three years before that. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Uh, anyway. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, but That's yeah, Corinne was. Corinne is the LeBron of Bachelor Heels. Full stop. Yeah, absolutely. And she cannot be going for 23 bucks in our in our bachelor pool it's it's criminal she needs to be going for Le'Veon bell numbers like yeah Corinne, if i have a hundred dollar budget and i want corinne i need to be spending at least 85 dollars on corinne right now it's 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 ridiculous like it's just lebron james yeah. wouldn't go for five bucks that's all i'm saying it's ridiculous uh, and yeah, well, here's the thing about like, it, and you said that should be Levy and Bell numbers, yeah. but I took it a step further. Yeah. When you and I were talking about earlier today, I don't know if it should be Levy and Bell numbers so much as it should be 2006 Ladanian Tomlinson numbers. Like that's you know, it, it, it's that level of performance. Yeah. Oh yeah. A- absolutely. She she's. Out of her mind. It's, it's, it's like, I don't even know. And I love the fact that she said, the, the, to me, the, the, the telling line, the, the thing I think that gives you just a glimpse into her world and how her mind works is when she went, I think my dad would have been proud. She was holding the rose and she goes, I think my dad would have been proud of me today. Yeah. Except for when I took my top off <laughs> or something like that. It was just like, oh my God, this woman is insane. I love her and I, I hope she we get to see at least, I want at least three, four more weeks of Corinne. I want to be able to really, really turn on her before this is all over. Right now, yeah. she's... Because I don't want to wait till Bachelor in Paradise to see more Corinne. I want Corinne now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you say we bring Bill in to talk a little football? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're going to do that. And we will be back next week to cover The Bachelor as well. And stay tuned because we're going to bring Bill in. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL divisional rounds and how much I hate Aaron Rodgers. So stick around for that. All right. Joining us on the line now is Bill Needles. How's it going, Bill? Going well. Thank you. All right. Good to have you back. We are going to talk NFL divisional round matchups. Um, let's just get right into it. Seattle's heading to Atlanta, Saturday night game for the four o'clock game. Seattle's heading to Atlanta. Atlanta is minus four and a half. Seattle didn't have to break much of a sweat to get past my inept, inept lions who were just like ever since Stafford messed up his middle finger. They, they just haven't been able to, to get anything in the offense going. Um, I felt that game was closer than I mean the Lions were only down by they I think they they had the ball at the beginning of the fourth and they were only down a touchdown which has been the the, the mantra of the Detroit Lions the entire season but uh, after letting Seattle go on a couple of drives Seattle was just able to salt it away. Um, Atlanta is minus four and a half. Which side do you like on this one, Bill? I think I like Seattle more. I think they played well. I think I'll take the points at this point because. They played. They ran the ball really well. They played really well. They, at the very least, they're going to make this one close. I kind of like Atlanta to win, but give me the points on the spread for sure. Uh, Earl Thomas not being there against this offense, it gives me a bad feeling about this game for Seattle. Seattle's offense not looking particularly great against a mediocre, at best, probably worse than mediocre, Lions defense. Also doesn't give me a lot of hope for Seattle here because they're about to play another mediocre at best, probably worse than mediocre defense. Um, I I don't love the. Four. I honestly thought this game would be a three-point line. I thought it would be Atlanta by three. I think that it's only one. And a, it's only the extra point and a half because of the Earl Thomas situation. But I um, I, I, I like Atlanta. I, I think that they're just better. They're just better. That offense is really really good. Yes. Really good. And they're playing at home. Matt Ryan had 38 touchdowns and seven interceptions this year. That's really good. Now, the big hot takey thing for this one is obviously going to be Matt Ryan. Great career. Hasn't had the success we would have expected in the postseason. Got to the NFC Championship game one year. Lost to Seattle. They lost a close one there, too. Or not not to Seattle. To San Francisco. The, the old uh, Jim Harbaugh. San yep. Francisco 49 That was a very good football game. That was an excellent football game. Yep. Um and now, again, the hot takey argument going against going in, in against them in this one is that Seattle's, you know, they've been there, they've done it before, they're they're battle tested and they know it. And it, it, Atlanta hasn't had like they got a lot of new guys on this team that haven't been there before. Can that hinder them 
in this game, or do you, do you, do you think that's just hot take stuff, Craig? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Is Julio Jones still one of the guys in Atlanta? Yes, he very much is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that seems like it's a good thing. Um, no, no, I, I don't. No, but Atlanta's playing a lot differently this year than they they played every other year. I mean, they're playing much, Matt Ryan in particular, playing much smarter football. So there's no reason to think they'll just be your standard Atlanta in the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to be, Kyle Shanahan's going to do some very clever things. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, who I hope is the next coach of the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan is going to do some very clever things to get Julio Jones away from Richard Sherman. And now when you send Julio Jones deep over the middle, Earl Thomas isn't around anymore. Yes. So that was a huge difference between that and the first game that these two teams played, which is also in Seattle. That game was close anyway, like closer than a lot of people thought it was and going had, to be. I think that that's fault. Had that wasn't there like a pass interference on? There Julio was a pass interference against Jones. If that had been called, then maybe it's totally it's a, a different outcome. Either way, um, a lot of people thought that Atlanta wasn't for real before that game. Then they barely lost in Seattle, and everyone kind of realized, oh wait, maybe this team is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out they were quite good. And, uh, no, I think Atlanta is going to win this game. I get what Bill's saying about the four and a half points, four and a half teams. I get uh, a little more than it should be. Again, I thought it was going to be three. But, uh, no, I think Atlanta's going to cover here. What about Paul Richardson turning into uh, Randy Moss for, for a game there? What do, you, what do you think about that? Does that does he become the, the, the unsung oh. hero of, of, the, of, a, of a long Seattle run? Uh, here's what I'll say is even if the Seahawks score 21 – I don't think that'll be enough. Okay. I, I think that Atlanta might get to 28. The, 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 the thing, of, Seattle's formula for winning this game is kind of what they did against the Lions. Now, I don't think they'll be able to run the ball as well as they did, or at least as easily as they did against the Lions. But that's really the formula for them is they got to limit Atlanta's time of possession, right? They got to run, chew up clock. Uh, yeah, have Russell do do a couple of of, of Russell moves and, and Ryan just... has to turn the ball over, I think, or the Falcons yeah. themselves have to turn the ball over, mm-hmm. which Detroit didn't do a lot of. No, but Detroit's not as good offensively as the Falcons are. Detroit, they, their defense gave them a chance to win that game. Like I said, it was it was yep. a touchdown game, and they had the ball starting the fourth. It's just. Theo Riddick being out really hindered their ability to to move the ball and do play action out of the backfield, which they need a lot of. And Stafford, God bless him, just I mean, he still was is more accurate than than anyone I've ever seen with a busted middle finger before. But it clearly affected him. It clearly affected his accuracy. And and I hope he gets that finger right. And the way that law offense had been had been going, it was just very dependent on Precision everything. Kind of, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't talking about, you know, um, the mid '90s Florida offense where all right, we're just gonna chuck it up and see what happens. Like it wasn't it wasn't that. It was no. something different. Yeah. yeah. And they also called like that that fourth down play that the Lions called when when they were trying to stay in the game and. I don't know what that. That was one of the worst fourth down plays. That was worse than when you do the thing where you're like, let's hand it to the fullback and run him into the line. They ran like a bootleg to the fullback, and it was like, what the hell is happening? And shoveled it to him like three yards away from where they needed to get to the first down. That was that was just an all time like shite play that I've ever seen. Um, Bill Needles, big yes, three and three and one week last week. Who you got in Atlanta? And Seattle, Atlanta minus four and a half. I'll take Seattle. Comfortable with it. All right. Taking Seattle in the points. Craig Needles, who you got? I'll take the Falcons. Taking the Falcons. Minus four and a half. I, I'm going to go with Bill on this one. I, I, I just, I, I think to see, I think Atlanta is going to win the game, but I think it's going to be close. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the points. Although Bill should be upset that I, I went along with him because I did terribly last week. <laughs> and once the regular season's over and the record doesn't count, Matt just puts it into neutral. Just starts, ah, I don't care. Give me Miami. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Houston's heading to New England. Uh, as, as a fan of the Detroit Lions and a team that has won, count them, one playoff win in the history of their illustrious franchise, to now know that the Houston Texans, who once entered the league and stole the first overall draft pick from a Lions team that had gone 2-14 and 14 the year before. Oh, no, you missed out on David Carr. Yeah, that's true. But 
to, to now know that they ended up with was that David Carr or was that uh was that David the... Carr David Carr was the first pick in the history of the Houston Texans. Was he? Oh, okay, yeah. So that wasn't the uh what, what was the controversial Re- uh, Reggie Bush over, or so and so over Reggie Bush? Mario Williams Mario over Reggie Williams, Bush. Thank you over Reggie Bush. That wasn't that. All right. No. Nope. Um so I don't feel so bad. Still pretty bad. But the fact that these... Oh, I think you wound up with uh was it Rodgers that went second overall that year? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's best not to think about. It. That was just one. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a poor selection used on a wide receiver by the Detroit Lions. What happened? Yeah, next. by Matt Millen. Yeah. So they would have <laughs> screwed it up anyway. Is is the uh, yeah. is the uh, the moral of the story there? But the Houston Texans have now won playoff games with Brock Osweiler and T.J. Yates, and it makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, football could be such a dumb sport, but if Bill Belichick has taught us anything, you don't want to sleep on the Houston Texans. And New England is minus 15. Bill and I last week said that Miami minus 10 was not going to be our, our biggest our, our biggest line of this playoffs. And boy, howdy, we were right. New England minus 15 in a divisional round. What would this line be if it was the Raiders? Without Dave, Derek Carr. Oh, without Derek Carr? It's mentioned. Uh, what would this line be if it was the Raiders? If, like if, the Raiders team that, that that played in Houston the other day. It depends how the game goes down. See, like if you're if if we're saying Connor Cook went out there and had like a weird three touchdown no interception game and they clearly yeah. beat Houston, maybe it's New England well, by a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but but who who knows? But like let's say let's say Connor Cook won in the exact same. Let's say that the the, the 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 way the game went was just completely flipped. And Osweiler was the was the one, you know, throwing all the passes that got batted down, and and Connor Cook looked like Brock Osweiler. I I would say New England still gets, uh, it, it, they're definitely favored by double digits. Still, I don't think it gets all the way up to fifteen. And I believe this line opened at sixteen actually, and <laughs> and has now been bet down. To, has at least been enough people have been on Houston that they bet it down a point. But still, I, I this has to be one of the this is one of the highest lines i've ever seen in the playoffs that i that I think I it's the third highest line ever in the playoffs something like that ever is, yeah is, or the, the the only the only the third one ever to be over two touchdowns yeah because wasn't super bowl three famously like uh, yeah. the, the colts were like a minus 16 and a half point favorite or something and lost to namath jets something like that something like that um and then i think that the uh the Rams are fourteen point favorites against the Patriots. The in Patriots that in that Super Bowl, yeah, when they when they lost. Yep, you're right. I do remember that. Um, man, this this just doesn't look good. I don't I don't see New England breaking a sweat. Like Bill, what would have to happen for the Houston Texans to win this football game? Not just cover, win this football game. For Houston to win this football game, I would have to say maybe two defensive scores and one special team score. Yeah, and and you're speaking realistically. Like I was thinking, like like New England's bus would have to crash, and the guys like no fatalities, <laughs> yeah. but everybody gets hurt and can't play, right? Like would 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 have to be mine. They're all in the concussion protocol for yeah. one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all... Oh man. Although I'm sure we'll talk about that Matt Moore hit, but uh, concussion protocol is not what it is these days. Uh, Craig Needles, are you laying the points? No, I can't. Do it. Oh, it's just too high. I just <sighs> honestly, I I would I would start considering it at seventeen, seventeen and a half. Really, I can't do it. And now it's down to fifteen. Uh, I've got those lines for you. Sorry, it's it's uh, five times, um, in the Super Bowl era that there have been uh, lines of of this size. Hmm. Um, the spread for uh, the Jets Colts Super Bowl you're just talking about was was eighteen oh. in favor of the Jets. The Jets won that game. Uh, Falcons at Cowboys in 1978, um, a game that uh, Atlanta lost by only seven. Uh, the spread was 15. Mm-hmm. The Bears took on the 49ers in San Francisco in 1995. That was a loaded Niners team. Uh, the Bears did not cover the spread. They were 15-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs, and they lost 44-15. Uh, the uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers, uh, the, the very same year, uh, in the Super Bowl against San Diego, um, the spread was 19. 
And the 49ers absolutely covered that spread. Yeah. They scored, I think, every time they had the ball. And then uh, the 1998 Minnesota Vikings, one of the great offensive teams of all time, were favored by 16 and a half against Arizona. And Minnesota uh, Minnesota definitely covered that game. Well, they, they, they won that game by 20 yeah. uh, before the infamous Gary Anderson game the following week. Oh, sorry to bring that up, Bill. That was the, who was it that declared war on the Vikings receivers? God, what, what was the name of that guy? The, there was the cornerback who was like, Oh, I can't uh, believe I can't remember his name. I used to remember his name. Uh, for which team? It was the Car- the Cardinals. He, uh, the- Aeneas Williams? Yeah, it was Aeneas Williams. Yeah, Aeneas yeah. Williams was the guy who was like, said, I'm going to shut down Chris Carter and, and Randy Moss myself. And uh, Jake Reed. That was a man. That team was great. Yeah, they were. But, boy, they did not shut down that Vikings team whatsoever. Um, I am dangerously close. I think I – think, because – now this counts for nothing, but I I am really close to just taking the Patriots because I'm I'm leaning back on my old gambling adage of normally I would never take a 15 point spread I would take the points, but I've always said it with the New England Patriots you you buck that trend and you go the other way so I might be laying the points this week, knowing that it it counts for nothing and I might just be doing it for funsies, but even if I was gambling I might be tempted to take New England minus the 15. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, none of these seem particularly appealing to me. I would take Houston just because I can't at, at 15. It's just I can't. Um, but you know what? Your your adage makes sense. That New England is one of those teams that consistently will demolish spreads like this, and that's why they're so inflated. Pardon the pun. Um, what yeah. I will say is that <laughs> bad teams that make the playoffs that shouldn't necessarily make the playoffs mm-hmm. – that win in week one of the playoffs. We've seen this happen a few times in recent memory. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks, uh, Marshawn Lynch game. Remember, this is from before the Seahawks were good. Yeah, that was and they nine played and against seven. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah they or, they no, just sorry, never won that division. They were seven yeah, and yeah. nine. Yeah. They should never have won that division. And they played the Saints at home, and they they beat the Saints up pretty good. The next week, they went to oh, where did they go? Some place where they did not score nearly enough points to survive. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other example, obviously, would be uh, the uh, 2011 Denver Broncos, which went eight and eight and won the division. I forget who the quarterback was. Oh, it was Oh yeah, that's right. It was Tim Tebow. Uh, they won in overtime against Pittsburgh at home in uh, in the, the wild card round, and then yeah. went to New England, and it was just disastrous. So, right, right, right. Um, we've we've seen teams like this Houston team that should not be participating in the divisional round, a uh, divisional round uh, weekend games that j- just clearly are not good enough to be there. We've seen that team before, and they usually lose by a bunch when they go on the road. Are the Texans like? What do you do? with the quarterback position now if you're the Houston Texans. Not 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 just this next game, because I think you start Osweiler for this next game. But You run it back with Osweiler. You have no choice. Yeah. And and uh, I'm just thinking at the beginning of next season, is Brock Osweiler yeah. still the uh, yeah. Houston Texans? It's either that or you have $17 million of dead money on your cap. Hmm. I'm just thinking, like, did, did Osweiler play well enough that Houston won't go out and try to get Tony Romo is the only uh, – well, then they would have thirty-seven million dollars in quarterback cap hit. They'd do that next year. Yeah, that's a lot. That feels ill-advised. Yeah, to me, I. Mean, Jadavian, what are they? The Baltimore Ravens? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jadavian Clowney, man, he was a beast in that game. Very good. Um, I think here's the thing. Um, rules for this Houston New England game: you're gonna take a drink, like the drinking game for this game. You're gonna drink every time they show JJ Watt on the sidelines. That's the first rule. The second rule: don't drive home. Those, those right. are the only. Those are the only rules to this. I think to, they're going to stop game. showing JJ Watt once Tom Brady hits some other, you know, once Julian Edelman catches his third touchdown. They're not going to show JJ Watt as often anymore. Well, because to me, the play that summed up the, the the fact that there was this this Connor Cook Raiders and you know led game versus uh, the Houston Texans, where the Texans were at home for garbage reasons, um, was uh, Connor Cook threw the ball like. Jadavian Clowney got spun around and, and Connor Cook threw the ball basically into the back of Jadavian Clowney's head 
So Clowney, who, you know, again, had a great game and was in position to, to be there to have the throw the ball thrown at the back of his head. But Clowney turned around and was like, oh, I blocked the ball. And then did the finger wag thing. <laughs> like he was like, he was like, yeah, all me, baby. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the kind of, and that happened early in that game. And I was just like, yeah, that's what we're in store for in this game is guys pulling homers and then celebrating. <laughs> like it was the best thing ever. Uh, Bill Needles, who you got in this one? Yeah, Houston. he's so excited, ladies and gentlemen. He's yeah, so excited Houston. to have to decide. He's taking Houston. Yep. Plus fifteen. Craig Needles, who are you taking? I'm taking the Patriots. Me too. All right, I'm I'm also in on the Patriots. <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. Um, unpopular opinion alert. I don't think that Bud Dupree hit was bad. Uh, I thought it, it was, was late. I didn't think it was, it was a late. game that was decided. Uh, I, I didn't think it was, it was late to the I, chin. I didn't think it was late. I thought, yeah, it was. It was not helmet to helmet like everybody claimed. He, he it was did, to the chin though. Yeah, he did lead with the crown into kind of the the chestal area. I I think to me that one was just Bud Dupree is a much much larger man than Matt Moore, and that that hit just summed it up. I didn't think it was dirty. Now, if I was one of the Dolphins guys, I would have done. I, I would have done exactly what they did, which is step step up and you know shove a couple of guys, you know let everyone know I'm just not going to let that happen. But I I just didn't think it was as as dirty as everyone made it out to be. I just thought it was it, it just I just thought it was a monster hit. I thought it was a monster man hitting a man who was just not as big as him. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Um, that said, this is a really soft line. And I am, I realized the Pittsburgh Steelers just had a, a monster, monster offensive performance against a team that was coming off one of the all-time cream puff schedules. I kind of like Kansas City minus one and a half. Can you talk me out of it, Craig? Um, the team that you're betting against still has Antonio Brown and mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell on it. Yes, th- those are good points. Yeah, that, that is, those and are honestly, irrefutable facts. Yeah, um, and Antonio Brown got the he got the postseason touchdown monkey off of his back too. That was haunting him for a few years. Yeah, he uh, not only removed the monkey from his back, but but he threw it down a cliff and then threw a fire (laughs) fire breathing dragon on top of it and then blew up the dragon. Uh, Nonetheless, obviously a lot of this depends on Roethlisberger's health. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's a better football team than Kansas City. I really believe that. I think that if Pittsburgh had been able to play at full strength most of the year, they would have finished with a better record than the Chiefs did. If Pittsburgh had won one more game, they'd be in the bye week spot that Kansas City was in. They'd be playing this game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that uh, the Steelers are better, but Kansas City's defense is good. I just think that Kansas City's offense is not going to be able to keep up with what uh, with what Pittsburgh's able to do. Pittsburgh will be able to, be able to score it off. Pittsburgh wins this game. I think this is going to be the ugliest game of the week. As, as, as really? Better. Well, just in terms of, I think it'll be smash mouth, you know. Oh, like, like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Not, not like, I, like I don't think it'll be the worst game. I think it's just because that Patriot, that Patriots Texans game looks like it might be ugly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in in terms of the score, I just think this might yeah, be yeah. ugly in terms. I think we might see more punts than we're than we're expecting in this game. Is is what I meant. I just think I just think it's going to be that kind of. Um, like I, I certainly don't think Antonio Brown's going to score two touchdowns within four seconds or whatever the heck it was against Miami. Um, which side do you like in this one, Bill? Pittsburgh, probably. I feel like they've been more reliable this entire season. The offense is firing all cylinders, obviously. Yeah, they got a tougher team, and Kansas City's tough, especially in Arrowhead. Uh, but I still like Pittsburgh to win, and it's pretty much a pick em, so. I just... <laughs> I mean, is Pittsburgh going to be the beneficiary of a running back tackling his own, like causing a sack fumble on his own quarterback, <laughs> much like he was last week? I don't know. But, uh, and then like, you know, Lippitt had that dumb false start, you know, when he was trying to leap over to block the field goal that resulted in a first down and, and seven instead of three. I, I like, you know, a lot of those points just came Pittsburgh from... put up nearly half a hundred like Kansas City last year, last time these two teams met earlier in the year. Yeah. True. They put up 43. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I just, I, I call me crazy. I just, I, I believe in this Kansas City team, and I have, I, I'm looking at a soft home dog right now. 
So I kind of like the minus one. I get the sense both of you guys are taking Pittsburgh in the points. Am I am I absolutely assuming that? All right. So, Bill, you're also on Pittsburgh plus one and a half. I am. All right. I am going to continue to embarrass myself and take Kansas <laughs> City minus the. Um, and just to, to add in, I think if you're someone who doesn't want the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you should be really cheering for Pittsburgh to win this game. Well, I might want the Patriots in the Super Bowl because I might need them to take down that son of a bitch who's playing for Green Bay right now. Who we can That's, that's a great segue. We can slide into the next game. And Green Bay is heading to Dallas. This is obviously the... the Whoa boy matchup of the week. I can't wait to watch to watch this game. I really hope Dallas kicks the crap out of Green Bay. Probably won't happen. And you know, I'm I'm just so pissed off that this Odell Beckham boat trip nonsense has got to be. Yes. I mean, hopefully something crazy happens this week. Like maybe there's a bad call or something that'll that'll get us talking about something else. But for the next. Mm-hmm. The next three four days, all I get to, all I get to hear about is this Odell Beckham boat trip that apparently sunk the <laughs> that apparently sunk the receivers and and cost uh, the Giants that game even though their cornerbacks were terrible and Eli threw some some not great passes but yeah well, you felt that last week you you literally were like well I hope they win so that we don't have to hear about this and sure <laughs> enough here we are hearing about it but yeah it's just so bad and like. The the one the, the the one Odell Beckham drop that where it was a sure touchdown the second that happened, Bill, I wish you could, I wish you could have been there to see me put both my hand my hand like like just both hands in my head and just going like oh no it was at that point that I knew Green Bay was gonna win and we were gonna have to deal with it forever because it was just it was a sure touchdown pass for the guys who had the like some of the best hands in the history of the league and he dropped it oh god i can't stand it uh here's the thing though whether beckham catches that ball or not whether beckham goes on that boat party or not yeah whether any of that stuff happens or not at some point the giants defensive backs mm-hmm. who have been great all season i know rogers cromartie got hurt but so did jordy nelson they had to cover Randall Cobb. And they had to cover Devontae Adams. Yeah. And that didn't happen. It just quite simply did not occur. And obviously the, the Hail Mary was, was, was one massive master cluster. We're not after. even calling it Hail. Uh, they're not Hail Marys anymore. They're Heil Rogers now. They're Heil Rogers. Uh, why did it have to be Heil? Yeah. Um, <laughs> either way. Um, no matter who was playing receiver for the Giants, no matter who was dropping balls or not dropping balls, eventually you got to cover somebody. Yes. If you're playing against Aaron Rodgers, you got to cover somebody and you got to pressure Aaron Rodgers at some point. That didn't happen either. He had all day for several of those throws. Yeah, that was weird that they they, they decided. The Giants not... have been able to pressure people all season. Yeah. But it, it seemed like they weren't even trying to get to Rodgers. It seemed like they were playing this weird zone thing where they were just rushing him. And I don't, I don't I can't even describe it. It seemed like they were backing off on purpose. It was so weird, which I know they obviously weren't doing. It just, it just. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just it was just feckin' weird is is what it was. Uh, I just really hate this Green Bay team, but they're so good and Rodgers is unconscious and and he's. I don't he's... know if like honestly I don't know know how good this team is this Green Bay team outside of the quarterback position. I really don't. Yeah. I don't think the defense is that good. It's not no, good. No. There's a lot of holes in. It. That said, uh, Clay often struggled this season. Clay Matthews double sack fumble, and I hate Clay Matthews almost as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers for the same Aaron Rodgersy type reasons. Where I think he does way too many commercials and is overrated because of of said mm-hmm. commercial doing. But when he sacked uh, sacked Eli, and then the ball went flying, and everybody stopped playing except him, and he ran 15 yards down the field to create a sack fumble on a Giants receiver who was like, oh, I guess I'll pick up this football. That I like, I have, I have a tremendous amount of respect for 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 that type of play and and yeah, that's good and good on uh, Clay Matthews. What I'll say about Aaron Rodgers being rated overrated is I think he's rated generally as the best player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. 
I think he pretty much is exactly that. Oh, yeah, I know. It's just, yeah. you know what I'm talking about when I say overrated, and it's just the, like, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Where when he throws it away, they yeah. talk for 45 minutes about how smart it was to throw it oh, away. Yeah, it's like, and it's just come like, on. Yeah, and he, when he makes passes to uh, Jared Cook, or, like, like Aaron Rodgers will make three guys miss, and then they make a catch to Jared Cook, and they'll go, Jared Cook looking like Calvin Johnson out there. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, it's just, oh, I can't stand it. But, like, he... He's tremendous. And if he was wearing damn near any other uniform in the league, it wouldn't bother me as much. But it's just it's also the fact that he wears that those hideous green and yellow uniforms. Uh, it's just so upsetting. Um, it really makes me want to punch a hole in a wall. Uh, <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the actual game. Dallas is minus four and a half. Um... What side? I mean, this is a rematch of a couple of years ago. These two teams met. I believe it was in Green Bay for that one, and it was the weird uh, uh, Des Bryant catch that wasn't a catch on the fourth and two play. That that was pretty much the the, the game decider. So hopefully, when it's all said and done on this one, we we have a good, clean, non-referee infused matchup. Dallas minus four and a half. Which side do you like, Bill? I got to go Dallas, I think. Uh, I'm not in a situation where I can bet against Dallas. They're, they've played so phenomenally. I mean, they got a young team in the playoffs. Maybe things change a little bit. Green Bay a little bit more experienced. Uh, but I still have – I've seen nothing to make me think I should bet against Dallas at this point. Yeah. Craig, how do you feel about this one? I think the Cowboys are going to look the heck of a lot like they did on offense the last time they played green bay mm-hmm. which was extremely extremely good uh green bay's defense is not gonna be able to keep up this is gonna be a high scoring game i think but uh the cowboys are gonna be able to control the clock and i think that's gonna be the difference is they're gonna be able to keep rogers on the sidelines enough that, that uh, they're gonna be fine yeah they, they... the way you beat the cowboys is to get to prescott confuse him a little bit and somewhat mitigate the damage that zeke does to you green bay is not going to do those things I would think I think you might be able to argue that there's no one left in the playoffs who can do those things other than perhaps the Seahawks. Um, yeah, so in that situation, um, I will definitely happily happily take uh, the Cowboys in this game. Of the four potential Super Bowl matchups. Which ones do you think? Actually, I'm going to narrow it down to three. I think there's three matchups that would be considered the marquee matchups as far as the Super Bowl goes. Which one do you think the NFL would like to have the most? Here are the three I think that they w- would be the biggest. Pittsburgh-Dallas. They get to bring back the old 70s-80s rivalry of the Steelers and Cowboys. New England-Dallas, the two American, you know, like America's teams. And New England-Green Bay, where they get Brady versus Rodgers for a Super Bowl. Uh, they want they want New England versus the Cowboys. You think so? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I can hear that. That being said, like, those all sound real good to me if I'm the NFL. Yeah. Real good. Yeah, I honestly, like... Houston, Kansas City, to a lesser lesser extent, Atlanta and Seattle, but mostly Houston and Kansas City. Those those teams are flies in the ointment. Get them out of there. We (laughs) want the Cowboys. We want the Packers. We want the Patriots. We want the Steelers. Any combination with those teams in it is good. All right. Bill Needles, who are you taking in Dallas Green Bay? Give me Dallas. Give me them boys. Dallas minus four and a half. Craig Needles, who you got? Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. And I... In a shameful, shameful oh, no. jinx attempt, we'll take the Green Bay Packers plus four and a half. Yep. Shameful. Okay. Just shameful by me. I should be better than that, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Um, Doug Marone, one last thing. I just want to say Doug Marone was hired as the Jaguars' new head coach, so clearly the Jags have learned nothing. But, uh, yeah, that's just them. Jags are going to jag. What are you going to do? Um, that said... Doug Marone didn't look too bad when they were in Buffalo and he was kind of handicapped by all of the nonsense that was going around him, but you never know. Um, 
the Lions defensive coordinator Terrell Austin was being interviewed for head coaching jobs. And the Lions did that thing where they were like classic Lions. The Lions in the middle of a playoff game, they're about to make They're about to play a playoff game and they have to go, no, we're not going to fire Jim Caldwell. And I think to myself, boy, that's a weird thing to say when you're about to play a playoff game that you're not going to fire your head coach. But you know, that's just, that's every day in, in the life of a Lions fan. What are you going to do? Um, I was going to ask you which, which game is, is the, the if you could only watch one game, which would it be? Oh, the answer to that's pretty clear, I think. Pretty yep. freaking clear, yeah. It's Green Bay and yeah. Dallas. If, if you could only watch one, that would be it. Um, yeah. Although Atlanta Seattle is going to be fun. Yes, I think I, I think that has the potential to be uh, – that, that could be a, a game that we end up seeing on, uh, like, you know, NFL Classics uh, one day. Could, it could just be one of those weird, like – Russell Wilson games where he just does weird stuff. Uh, Craig Needles, Bill Needles, thanks for coming out, and we will see you guys next week where we will continue to talk more about football and we will discuss the conference championship games in both leagues. Uh, thanks for coming out, you guys. No problem. All right, take care, everybody.